This episode is brought to you by Get Out Pass Colorado. Each pass comes with free entry to over 45 venues all across the state, many of which include iconic Colorado destinations like Elitch Gardens, Waterworld, and Monarch Mountain Resort. The one-time yearly fee also means statewide access to amazing venues like indoor rock climbing, bowling, trampoline parks, yoga, and everything in between. Seriously, it's awesome. We love our Get Out Passes because they give us access to all of the activities at least once and some even multiple times per year. It's the ultimate bundle of savings for all your family adventures. The pass costs about $150 a year, but with our special promo code, ColoradoLife40, you can get it for less than $110. That's a $40 savings. Just go to getoutpass.com Colorado and use your exclusive code ColoradoLife40 to save $40 instantly. Did you know Mary Elich became the first female zookeeper, the first woman to run a botanic gardens, and one of the first women to own a theater in the United States? This was back in the late 1800s, so it was a really big deal. Elich Gardens is still open in Denver to this day, except now it's a theme park. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. In this episode, we're talking about outdoor festivals and events all around Colorado that you can attend any time of year. We're sharing summer festivals, winter activities, and all-year events. We tend to have really beautiful sunny days, um, especially in this time of year in Colorado. So there are lots of festivals going on both during the day and at night. Let's start off with some memorable festivals or events that you had, Ryan, um, from growing up and and what you remember the most. I remember a lot of uh, parades and going to like territory days, things that were just here in town. A lot of the things that had to do with history, getting a giant turkey leg or an enormous bag of uh, what's a kettle corn? And just like shoveling it into your face. Those are the things that I remember. Festival food is always the best. It's, oh my it's God. the worst, but it's the best. It is. It's the best. And then the next day you're just like, you feel like you just ate grease and that's it. <laughs> so when you mentioned territory days, that's very similar to like stagecoach days or history days or something like that, that maybe other states have too, where it's just a lot of historical things. Um, specifically here, we actually attended territory days. It's usually in May, I think. And we did that earlier this month. And, um, well, I guess when this podcast releases, it won't be this month anymore. But (laughs) it was earlier this year. And it was really fun. It was really cool because you got to see a lot of different cultures and and different kinds of items that you can purchase and different historical things like as far as tchotchkes and what were some of the other stuff like hats and clothing and stuff that was like from Indians and different things like that too. Right. That's those are ones that I really remember as a kid. We're seeing like the Native Americans there, or the cowboys out there giving away their hats and stuff. I don't know. It was it was fun. Nowadays, it's a bit more commercialized. It, it is. It's less romantic. Mm-hmm. I would say. I guess I should have said Native Americans, not Indians. So, kind of the bummer thing about Colorado being so dang dry and getting all this sun is that. For a really long time, fireworks have actually been illegal here, at least like the ones that you can buy and go shoot off in the street or something, because it's caused so many fires. Um, They still have like the big, you know, they shoot off the fireworks into the sky and everybody comes and watches the show. They still do that, 
But I remember a few years ago, maybe like a decade actually, it was so dry that they actually had to make those all illegal because they didn't have enough firefighters on hand to actually fight anything that if anything were to actually happen. So everything, like 4th of July was canceled. Boom. Mm, That's really sad. Yeah. And like New Year's and stuff like that, ringing that in, that'd be a really fun sort of event to do. And you can only go to the big um, hosted ones that the city does. Right. Nothing quite says Merca like loud noises and explosions. (laughs) And fires. Yeah. Hopefully not. So... I'm sure people have seen it when they've driven through Denver, but I'm sure everybody knows what Elitch Gardens is. So if you don't know what Elitch Gardens is, it's actually a, I think it's owned by Six Flags now, but it still is named Elitch Gardens. Uh, originally, Elitch Gardens was a giant fairground or a, a car. Botanic carnival. Gardens. Well, originally, yes, originally, it was that. Originally, <laughs> Yes, we're going way back, but now it's an amusement park, mm-hmm. and it was an amusement park through like the 80s as well, but it was in a completely different location. They moved the location in like 1994, I think, to where it is now in downtown Denver, or near downtown Denver. Um, And I'm sure that most people have driven by and seen it, but kind of a funny story, when I was a kid, so I would have been, 1994, I would have been like six or seven at the time, um, Elitch Gardens moved from its old location to the current location right now. There's this contest on the radio, and it was one of those things where it's like, you call in and we'll give you opening day tickets to Elitch Gardens, and you'll get to meet a celebrity. And so, lo and behold, my mom actually won the tickets, and so we went up there on the opening day of Elitch Gardens, and the tickets were like very hard to come by. They sold out immediately, and we were like really blessed to have them. So we're standing at the front, and we're looking for the van that they said that they'd be there in. And essentially, they just didn't show up. So a giant limo pulls up, and we see this huge bouncer get out. And we're watching. And he walks over, opens up the door, and Michael Jackson walks out. I mean, it's kind of weird, Michael Jackson going to an opening day amusement park. After everything that come out now, I kind of understand it. But (laughs) anyway, that was the celebrity I was supposed to meet, or we were supposed to meet from winning these tickets, but because it didn't happen, we never got to go. Wow, so you won tickets to Elitch Gardens on opening day, weren't able to get in because the van wasn't there, and then you missed out on meeting Michael Jackson. Yep. So we went to Casa Bonita. Okay. It was a shadow of of what could have been that day. Casa Bonita. (laughs) Another Colorado landmark that you must visit. Absolutely. We've made some jokes about that (laughs) in another episode. But anyway, back to other local festivals and stuff like that. That's a really funny story. Thanks. These days you can get into Elitch Gardens no problem, but we'll talk about that more in a little bit. One of the uh, festivals that we're actually going to later this year is the Denver Barbecue Festival. And it's on Father's Day weekend, so it's coming up here pretty quickly. But it has come back every year since they started doing it. It's totally free to enter, and you just pay for any food or drinks that you're interested in purchasing and consuming. And they do offer pit passes, so you can kind of get back there and get like a one-on-one with the pit masters, is what they're called, when they create barbecue meat. And um, have all kinds of different like drinks to try and food and stuff like that. So that's really exciting, the Denver Barbecue Festival, if you're into eating 18,000 pounds of smoked meat. Well, that's another thing that just screams murk, <laughs> 18,000 pounds of meat. I know, roasting on an open <laughs> fire. 
So the Taste of Colorado is another really fun thing. Um, I know that most cities have specific ones, and I know that most states actually have their own versions of this, but there is Taste of Colorado. It happens on uh, Labor Day weekend, and it's just food booths, vendors, restaurateurs, uh, owners, everything that comes out, and they just like show off their food. It's in downtown Denver, and they really try to celebrate Colorado's food culture. Um, so it's a really fun place to try everything. Go hungry, just saying. Yeah, I think you do have to buy tickets. Sometimes they can get kind of pricey, but it is really cool to be able to try out different kinds of food. You get to see a lot of the local chefs too, some of which we've talked about have been on Top Chef and other really popular shows like that. Right. It's really good food. Um, they also have like lots of wine and beer, you know, that is local and craft beer and stuff like that. So um, yeah, if you're really into trying out different kinds of foods and the Denver food culture, even Colorado's culture in general, it's a really awesome event to, to try out. Now some non-food stuff is... Crested Butte Wildflower Festival. Crested uh, butt. I'm talking about that No, again. <laughs> it's Crested Butte. And we've mentioned that before in another episode that it is actually the wildflower capital of Colorado. So there's lots of hiking tours. You can get you can get out and see different kinds of flowers and all kinds of plants and go on tours, even on like four by four tours, Jeeps. They might even offer ATV tours and things like that that so you think can kind so. of cruise around. Um, and gardening classes as well. So if that is something you're interested in, especially with the summer season coming on here right now when we're recording this, the Wildflower Festival in Crested Butte is something you should definitely check out. So there's also the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, and that's another thing. I just I have a secret soft spot for bluegrass. I love bluegrass. I don't know why the twanginess and the yodeling. Oh, it's the best. Well, it's not so secret anymore. Well, that's true. <laughs> It happens each June for four days, and it's in Telluride, thus the name, Telluride Bluegrass Festival. And it had some past performances from some pretty big names. One of my favorites, John Butler Trio. Then there was Mumford Sons, Elvis Costello, and many more. So it's actually a pretty big place for these names to end up showing up, and you can see them for much cheaper than if you were to pay to go see one of their shows. And Telluride actually made our list of one of the favorite places that we enjoy visiting and that you can actually escape to. It's a wonderful mountain town, very picturesque and beautiful. So either way, if you love music or not, you should check out the different events and stuff in Telluride. For sure. There are also many hot air balloon festivals here in the area. One of the things that I love going to see is the hot air balloon, different hot air balloon festivals as well as balloon glows. So hot air balloons are actually really popular here in the state because we have a climate that really works well to allow for the balloons to actually lift off the ground because it's so cool at the nights and it's so cool early in the mornings. So balloons are just everywhere. Yeah, there are a lot of different festivals from Steamboat Springs. There's a Snowmass Balloon Festival. There's Frederick in Flight Balloon Festival. And Telluride also has a hot air balloon festival. Um, the one that we like going to is the Labor Day Liftoff here in Colorado Springs, but you can definitely find pretty much any time of year, especially in the warmer months where balloon glows are happening or hot air balloon festivals. And it's really cool because they lift off either early in the morning, like really early, like you said, or when the sun's starting to go down later in the evening. So whether you're an early morning person or maybe a night owl, um, they have the hot air balloons that go off at both times. So the Colorado State Fair... There was one time, I swear, I was in school and my mom actually took me out of school to take me to the state fair. It was the only time I was able to skip school for something fun. That sounds fun. Mom, you're listening. And 
you might remember this. Anyway, it's it happens at the end of August into early September, and it's actually down in Pueblo where the state fair is. Um, it has it's a big family friendly thing. It has a lot of rides and foods and games, and it smells like you know a rodeo because it's so many like farm animals and stuff there. They also have a craft and homebrew competition for beer, so you can like go down there, show off what you know, and try to win some of the prizes. And you know, like we said earlier. Carnival food, guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. We love to hate it. So eat some carnival food, drink a craft beer, have some fun times, bring your kids, Colorado State Fair. Yeah. Sounds really fun. There's also live music and carnival rides and, you know, typical carnival stuff. And there's a rodeo too. So, you know, you can check that out. Yeah. Speaking of rodeo, Pikes Peaker Bus Rodeo is a five-day event um, here in Colorado Springs, where they have a bunch of themed performances and everything. You can go see the the uh, rodeo clowns and everything. And I don't know, it's something fun. If you've never experienced it, go do it. It's it's pretty fun. Rodeos can be kind of crazy. I yeah. don't know if I'd want to see a rodeo clown, though. That sounds a bit scary. And then when you go to your first rodeo, and then after your second, you can say, this ain't, ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of our favorite daytime activities. Specifically, we want to mention the different zoos that are in the area because we have this sort of tradition that we like to do where every time we go and visit a new city or whether the city we live in, we love visiting the zoos and just seeing the different kinds of zoos that they have and the different animals. When we lived in Texas, we actually went to the Dallas Aquarium a lot, and that was really cool because they actually have a tiger at the aquarium too, which is a random side note. I don't know why they have tigers there, (laughs) but, uh, you know, so the aquariums and zoos is something that we really enjoy visiting in any city that we can. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is our favorite zoo. It is here in Colorado Springs, and it is a heck of a climb because it's on a mountain. It's way up there. You can see the entire city of Colorado Springs below you. But it is pretty consistently ranked as one of the top zoos in America. Um, this year is actually voted number six best zoo in America by USA Today. and Which you, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And I think maybe a couple years ago it was number four. No, so it was number two. Even that. So it's always ranked very high. And it is... I would say probably the best zoo we've ever been to. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, They're kind of, every zoo kind of has their animal that they're known for. So this one's actually known for giraffes. So you can go grab some crackers and feed the giraffes and get slobbered on by their like three foot long purple tongues. (laughs) It's really fun. Um, Be prepared to climb though, because this is a mountain. There is some inclines for sure. So the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is actually in Cheyenne Mountain. No, on. It's in slash on (laughs) Cheyenne Mountain. Well, what I'm saying is like you have to drive up the mountain to get to it. So it is up the mountain, on, in, up the mountain. Yep. Um, And you do. You have to climb and the the sun goes down behind the mountain, you know, really early in the day. So make sure you bring some good layers and that you're dressed appropriately. Even in the summertime, it can get cool at night. Um, And it's... You're, you are. You're going to go through parts of the mountain up and down to see the different animals. And it's windy. Always windy there. Yes. One thing I will mention is that you said the zoo is known for giraffes. Well, I always remember they have these giant, is it mooses? Moose? 
Okay, the plural of moose, <laughs> moose is moose, um, where they have the moose, I guess it might be the alpha male or whatever, he loses his horns every year, and they keep them, and then they chronicle like how much bigger they're getting every year. So back since like 2010, they have this display of like how large the moose rack is. Mm-hmm. And so that's really cool. Also, the porcupine is there, and he always smells terrible. Yeah, he smells awful. Oh my god. <laughs> But he just hangs out in a tree and he stinks it up. So you know we're getting close. Yeah. Porcupines are cool, though. So the Denver Zoo is another place we really like to go. Um, It's flatter. It's not as fun for us. But it still has some really cool animals. And there is a lot to do. It has a lot of really, like, hands-on stuff, some educational programs. And they even have, like, some day camps. So you can drop your kids off and let them just be taken care of by zookeepers who take care of polar bears and lions and put them in the same enclosure and say, survival of the fittest. No, they don't really. (laughs) I wonder if zookeepers should be the new babysitters. Like, if they wrangle animals, they might be able to wrangle kids. Maybe. Mm -hmm. But it's a really neat zoo. I do like it a lot. It's very big, and I will say that it takes a while to walk through it. So the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, you could basically do all in one go, all in one day. But the Denver Zoo is really big. You could even go there two different days and explore both sides. Um, Or you can spend a very long time exploring all of it. It's It's really big. So number one tip for this one is download the app because there is some really good goodies. Good goodies? There are some goodies in the app that will really, like, help you on your tour through the day. Yeah, they have lots of events and different feeding times. What did we watch them feed once? It was like a... Pretty sure it was seals. Was it seals? I think it was. Or I thought it was dolphins. No, they were dolphins. But anyways. Okay. Well, anyway, they have different feeding times and really cool stuff that you can watch them feed the different animals. So the app is um, definitely helpful for that. Waterworld is my favorite place to go in Denver. It's only a summertime thing because it's a water... A water... Park? A water park. Yeah, just water park. It is enormous and they keep building onto it, but there are so many cool rides there. And there's just something different about a water ride compared to like a roller coaster. Roller coasters are great, don't get me wrong, but on a hot day, getting in the water and going on some of those rides is so, so cool. They have like a Jurassic Park ride. I don't actually know, that's just what I called it. There's there's dinosaurs in it. And then there's an Indiana Jones ride. Again, I don't know if there's Indiana Jones in it, but that's just what I called it. There's so many fun rides. Are we going to have to start paying royalty to Disney? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And it's near Westminster, which is closer to Boulder, um, you know, on the west side the west side of Denver. So um, definitely check that out if you live in Boulder, especially. Another one that we love and that we've mentioned is Elish Gardens. That is also in Denver, really close to the Bronco Stadium. Um, And that is a giant amusement park. Like you said, if you've ever been to Six Flags, it's very similar to that. It just has a slightly different name. Yeah. There's this old rickety roller coaster at the Elidge Gardens, and it's my favorite roller coaster in the world. But they're always adding more. And also, Elidge Gardens has a water park now. So if you had like a pass to go there, you could totally go get wet there and cool off. Is it like one of those roller coasters that's made out of wood? Yes. It's so old, so it's uh-huh. like, uh, when you yeah. go down it? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, those things give you such bad headaches, and like they can really hurt your neck and stuff. Not me. I'm good. Okay. It's worth it. 
So speaking of passes, we do want to take this moment to just mention the Get Out Pass because this is actually a really helpful bundle that you can use to access all these activities that we've mentioned. You know, so some of the zoos are available, Waterworld, Elish Gardens, and many other packages are available for Denver and Colorado Springs areas. It includes admission to many different places, like 45, 50 different events and festivals in the area. So you can check that out at getoutpass.com slash Colorado. And you can actually use our exclusive code, ColoradoLife40, to save $40 instantly on your annual membership. So it's just 150 bucks a year, and you buy the membership and you get access to all of these places. Yeah, it gives you free admission when you pay the annual fee. Let's talk about some of the coolest summer festivals that are happening like statewide, not just on the Front Range, not anywhere, but just everywhere. Obviously, summertime is when a lot of festivals happen the most because obviously the weather is really nice and it's warm. And so we want to share just a really quick lineup so that if you want to plan your summer travels this year or in the future, it should be really easy. First one on the list is Steamboat Springs Hot Air Balloon Rodeo. This is in July, and it's a really great excuse to check out Steamboat Springs during the summer. Not just go there, you know, during the winter season when you can actually ski Steamboat Springs, but they also have an amazing hot air balloon festival to check out. Next on the list is Colorado Shakespeare Festival in Boulder. And I love Shakespeare stuff. Midsummer Night Dream. Oh my God. I laugh so hard at that play. I don't know if you knew that, but I love that play. (laughs) It makes me laugh so hard. Anyway, they have that. It's going all the way from June to August. And they have a bunch of performances that are outdoors in the amphitheater and CU's campus every week during the summer. There's also the Telluride Jazz Festival. Telluride keeps coming up in this. It is beautiful settings for some really awesome world-renowned jazz. So they'll have some really good artists, and you can just go and just enjoy. So it seems that Telluride is really well-known for jazz music and bluegrass music. They probably have some more, too. They're just not on the list, but it's such a cool city that I don't see why all of these artists and stuff wouldn't want to come here Mm -hmm. and play music. Next up on the list is the Colorado State Fair in Pueblo, of course, which we've mentioned. It's at the end of the summer, at the end of August, and to the beginning of September. They have, of course, classic state fair food, rides, and other attractions. Um, So you definitely can add that to your list of summer festivals. The Palisade Peach Festival is also in August. Um, They have live music, vendors, activities, and of course, Palisade Peaches. Figure that out. If you've never had a Palisade Peach, get one from like a vendor on the side of the road come like late summer and you will be blown away. These peaches are far better than any other. Yeah, if you want to hear us talk more about that and all the other produce that is native to Colorado, check out our um, Colorado food scene episode. Finally, I do want to talk about the Renaissance Festival. So this is the Colorado Renaissance Festival. It's in June, July, and August in various dates and weekends and stuff like that. But the biggest thing I want to talk about is how it always backs up traffic on I-25. Oh, God, it screws it up so hard. Yeah, every time you're traveling to and from Denver during basically the whole summer, uh, once you get around the Larkspur exit, traffic is just bananas. So good to know that. It's a very popular festival. It is a teeny tiny town that they put it in. (laughs) So the traffic is not, you know, the roads are not adjusted for the amount of traffic that there is. But it's very popular. If you've ever been to a Renaissance Festival, they are incredibly fun. And they're very unique. And they really are kind of like 
you know, Renaissance. They're they're medieval. There's the last time I went to one, there was actually a guy that was walking around, and you could pay him for insults. So you give him money, and however much money you give him, he will insult you or a friend of your choosing for the quality of the amount of money that you give. And it was the best insult I've ever heard. And a lot of these people are dressed up in costumes, yeah. right? Like period-specific costumes. Right. So that's interesting. I wonder if there's any fools you can pay. You know, like how you used to have back in the day in like castles and kings and queens and stuff, and they would have like their fool. And mummers. Uh-huh, and mummers, yeah. Mummers. That's interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, if you're looking for other festivals or events to attend year-round, be sure to check out colorado.com slash events. And there are a ton of different things going on throughout all all year round. And uh, it'll have different ones for your city, wherever you live and whichever ones are closest to you. And then you can also kind of coordinate. Um, it has links to all these festivals and the dates and how much it costs or whether it's free. And you can coordinate a trip and plan out your summer bucket list. And there is a lot. I know you said that, yeah. but we're talking like almost daily. There's an event mm-hmm. throughout the state. So There's never a shortage of things to do in Colorado, especially in the summertime, but also in the winter and fall and many other yeah. seasons. So we like to add a frugal on the front range in every show to give people a tip for finding free or affordable activities here in Colorado. And this one is actually at the Botanical Gardens in Denver. Every third Wednesday from April to October in 2019 is Wildflower Wednesday at the Botanical Gardens in Denver. It's $20 per person or 16 bucks if you are a member. An expert from the horticulture department will actually lead you through a, on a tour through the gardens to see which wildflowers are at their peak. Many wildflowers bloom at Denver's elevation before they bloom in the mountains, so seeing them at the Denver Botanic Gardens first can help you learn what to look for when and where when you do head up into the mountains. And I will say that the Botanic Gardens are really amazing because they have a lot of volunteers and a lot of people that work on the different gardens there. And so many different sections in the gardens bloom at different times, as you said. And it is absolutely gorgeous. You can go there and see all kinds of herbs as well during maybe like, you know, the fall and stuff like that, early spring. And it's it's just an amazing thing to go and look at the different sections. They also have a lot of hummingbirds that hang out around there, you Not know, shocking. which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we get to our closing, I do just want to say that we are going to take a short summer break from the podcast, at least publishing new episodes, kind of let you catch up on some of the past episodes that we have published. And we're going to take our time to explore our beautiful state, as we like to say, and really find some other cool stuff to talk about. We're going to be working with local business owners and stuff like that to really bring you an amazing second season starting in September. We may have a couple of episodes come out throughout the summer in 2019, but until then, you can also check out our website at hashtag coloradolife.com, where we will be publishing regular blog posts and reviews and other awesome things and guides to help you set up your summer for success. And you can also follow us over on Instagram at hashtag coloradolife.com. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We really enjoyed this season, and we hope that you did too. To learn everything that we talked about in this episode and all the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we'd love to hear what episodes you all enjoy. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back very soon. And until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.